Bible today? If you have your Bibles this morning, we invite you to turn with us to the book of Judges, chapter number three. I want to preach on this thought today, the soul of a nation, the soul of a nation. I am very proud and I'm very thankful to be an American. And I will boldly say that if you are not, then you need to move somewhere else. And I welcome you to do so. I do believe that the book of Judges is very accurate and is a good description of what our nation faces at this point in time. Uh, there's a huge contrast when you go from the book of Joshua to Judges because the nation of Israel is going from conquest to defeat while living with hope. Judges is a book that tells of how God blessed the nation of Israel and then how Israel lost her glory. If you'll stand with me this morning, Judges chapter 3 and verse number 5. And the children of Israel dwelt among the Canaanites, Hittites and Amorites and Perizzites and Hivites and Jebusites. And they took their daughters to be their wives and gave their daughters to, be their, to their sons and served their gods. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and forgot the Lord their God and served Balaam and the groves. Therefore the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. And he sold them into the hand of Chushan Rishathaim, king of Mesopotamia. And the children of Israel served Chushan Rishathaim eight years. And when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer to the children of Israel who delivered them, even Othniel, the son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother. And the spirit of the Lord came upon him and he judged Israel and went out to war. And the Lord delivered Chushan Rishathaim, king of Mesopotamia, into his hand. And his hand prevailed against Chushan Rishathaim. And the land had rest 40 years. And Othniel, the son of Kenaz, died. That's the reading of the book of Judges, chapter 3, verses 5 through 11. In these verses, and some verses preceding, we see the soul of a nation. Father, would you help us to preach today in the power and in the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. For this I pray in Jesus' name and all God's people say, Amen. Amen. Thank you for standing this morning. Uh, you may be seated. Now, I want to say right, right out of the gate this morning, first of all, uh, we want to see Israel and we want to compare Israel to America, which is impossible to do. Uh, we want to compare uh, many nations this morning. First of all, number one, we see that the righteous exaltation of a nation. You see, God chose Israel and God went before Israel. They had a glorious heritage. God uh, broke the bonds of affliction and allowed them to come out of the slavery and the bondage which was down there in Egypt. And God brought them into the promised land where they were free, where they had liberty. Might I get an amen this morning? God has given America liberty and he has given her freedom. And the Bible says that righteousness exalteth a nation. That's found in the book of Proverbs chapter 14 verse 34. What is righteousness? 
It is righteous living under God. God ordained three institutions. He ordained the home, he ordained the church, and he ordained government. And all three are a reflection of the character of the people. The greater the character of the people, the more liberty. And the less the character of the people, the less liberty. May I check this morning and ask you how you feel like your liberty is this morning compared to some years ago. May I say that uh, in 1732, America was being swept by the preaching of Whitfield and by Jonathan Edwards and people were being saved and the nation was being formed and they stood out against the government of England and they fought for their independence and God blessed us to have independence and they wrote the U.S. Constitution which says that all men are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights with life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Thank God this morning the Bible would tell us about the land of Israel being a nation having freedom and liberty. Look back with me in chapter number 2 and look in verse 7. We remember the great leader Joshua and how Joshua served God. He said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord and God gave them a great blessing. For many years they served God. Look in verse 7. The people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua who had seen all the great works of the Lord that he did for Israel. God blessed Israel with great works, miracle after miracle, and we see the righteous exaltation of a nation. God blessed them mightily, and God has blessed our nation. For 246 years, we are blessed amongst greatest probably amongst all the nations of the earth. Did you know that for three and a half months our Congress met, they argued back and forth and finally came up with this statement that Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. We are allowed to meet here today I had a choice to bring my Bible, a choice to preach the gospel, a choice to come in and worship the Lord Jesus Christ because men and women hazarded their lives that we might have this freedom today. And yet I hear people that have the audacity to speak out against America and say they wish that America was non-existent. I'm telling you, go somewhere else. See if you have those freedoms somewhere else. See if you get to have it your way somewhere else. You're free to go. Have your own way there. God blessed our nation with righteous exaltation. Then we see number two, the rebellion of a nation. And you see that rebellion led the nation to deteriorate. Look in verse 10. You're in chapter 2. Look at verse 10. And also... All that generation were gathered under their fathers. Do you see that? Chapter 2, verse 10. They've died out now. And there arose another generation after them 
which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. There's a new generation come in and they didn't know the works of God. They didn't appreciate the liberties and the freedoms that their forefathers had fought for. Look with me in the verses I read to you in chapter 3. Look at their interaction. The scripture says, the children of Israel, that righteous nation, Israel, they dwelt among the Canaanites. You may say, preacher Aaron, that's no big deal. But look how Israel interacted with them. God told them to drive the Canaanites out. They were heathen people, worshiping false gods, practicing sinful lifestyles, supporting immoral viewpoints, yet they fellowship with them. The Bible says, righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any nation. A reproach. How did they get to the place where they disobeyed God and decided to just interact and live amongst the Canaanites? Well, let's read about it in chapter 2. In verse number 2 of chapter 2, your Bible says, God speaking, you shall make no league with the inhabitants of this land. In other words, you're not to be affiliated with them. You're not to make agreements with them. You're not to support their sinful lifestyle. You're not to make laws that support their sinful lifestyles. Yet Israel allowed the enemy to worship false gods and the next thing you knew, their children were worshiping false gods. They allowed their sinful lifestyles and one generation later, their children are practicing their sinful lifestyles. Israel did not obey the Lord. Rather than fear God, they feared man. And they began to compromise. I want to say this. There was a time when I was but a boy that if you was a drunkard and you was walking by the church, you walked by on the other side of the road. People feared God in our country. But now the church fears man. The church fears the world. And we've compromised. And it is a problem, amen. In verse 2 of chapter 2, God says, You shall throw down their altars, but you have not obeyed my voice. Why have you done this? And we've done the same thing as Israel did. We have not thrown down those altars. We've allowed them to remove God's word out of our schools. God's commandments, the Ten Commandments, one of which says, Thou shalt not kill, has been removed from our schools. We've become unthankful for His blessing. We legalize murder. We support lotteries. We close our eyes to the results of alcohol. We allow, we make laws that allow men to use women's restrooms and vice versa. I'm just telling you, we make agreements with countries that shout death to America. I'll just be honest, we think this is right. Let me tell you, the Bible says in, in the book of Joshua, in those days there was no king in Israel and every man did that which was right in his own eyes. 
The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 14, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. We have dishonored God and we've disobeyed God. They're interacting with the heathens. Look with me, chapter 3, verse 6. There's intermarriage. They've given their daughters to be uh, their wives and gave their daughters uh, uh, to uh, their sons and, and they served their gods. This was strictly forbidden by the Lord because as they began to intermingle, they lose their national identity. They lose the very thing that made them unique. Israel is going to find out that it's, that it's them that's changed, not the world, not the Canaanites. It's Israel that's back down. And I want to say this today. Preacher, where are you going with this verse? We as a church are marrying up to a worldview and allowing the world to get into the church and okay sinful lifestyle. We're marrying up to it. A lot of churches, I've got friends that pastor churches, will you boys hear me? That they will not use the Bible because they're afraid they'll offend somebody. There maybe somebody days where that's my preacher up there, he's going to offend somebody. He's going to get some. Honey, it's high time we preach the Word of God. It's infallible, inerrant, and inspired of God. I'm not ashamed of the Word of God. I'm going to stand on it. And the problem is we're not preaching it. And we're not practicing it. And we've got to get back to the Word of God. Chapter 6, again, look at the end of the verse. They serve their gods. There's idolatry. They're engulfed in, in, in pagan culture. That is religious beliefs, sinful social standards, moral, ethical, ethical values falling apart. It, listen, how quick did it happen? In one generation, Israel as a nation walked away from God. They abandoned the Lord their God to sleep with the enemy. Verse 7, look at the indifference. The children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and they forgot the Lord their God and served Balaam and the groves. They reached a place in one generation where they ignored God, where they disregarded what God had to say about anything. Why? Because they listened to what the world had to say. And I'm telling you, one of the kids was in the car with me the other day and they said, Preacher Darren, I want you to hear this. This is what this lady says about the Supreme Court's new ruling. And this is what they say about our nation. And, and, and I'm telling you, I, I, I literally wanted to punch somebody in the nose. I cannot believe the sinful practice that we want to okay in this nation and we as a church bow down to it. No, we need to hold up the standard of the Word of God and let the Spirit come in and work and move in a mighty way. They believed they could take God out of their lives by removing the Word and the commandments. But honey, whether you like it or not, He still rules in heaven and He's King of kings and Lord of lords. Number three, I want you to see the retribution of a nation. When a nation rebels, sin is a reproach to any people. 
When a nation rebels, retribution is coming. Preacher, that's a big word. What does it mean? God's hand of discipline. Look with me in verse number 8. Therefore, the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. God's anger was not directed at the Canaanites. God's anger was not directed at the Hittites and the Perizzites. God's anger was at his people, was at the nation that supposedly feared God and for their sins they're about to be punished. Now, I lived at home as a young boy and I got off with some of my buddies and we got into trouble. And when I got home, I got a good old-fashioned Holy Spirit-filled spanking. I got wore out. And I sassed back and said, well, then so and then Tyler deserves it and Josh deserves it. And, and they said, I'm not Tyler's mama and I'm not Josh's mama, but I'll tell you, for you said, I'll tell you whose mama I am. Let me remind you whose daddy you belong to. Amen. God is our God. And he's going to remind us as a people, as a church, who we belong to. And this is what God did to discipline them. Look with me in verse 8. He sold them into the hand of King Chushan Risha Thiam. What does that mean, sold them? It means to give them up. It means he just turned them over to another's control. In other words, you want wickedness? I'm going to give you a wicked king. A wicked ruler is the reward of a wicked people. It's just a form of getting what we deserve. Hmm. The term Chushan Rishathayim, it means black with iniquity and doubly wicked. The Bible says that Israel served him for eight years. Not 40, just eight. And after eight, they said, oh, that's enough. I can't handle this pagan, harsh, wicked, sinful, rebellious leader. And for eight years, Israel as a nation reaped what they had sown. They wanted paganism. They wanted false gods. And God gave them everything they asked for. I wonder what their gas prices were. Let me just say, when God sells you over to the enemy, let me just show you a couple things in the Bible that happened. Chapter 2, verse 3. I've studied much. The first thing you, that happens to you is you lose God's protection. When I was a young and you didn't see all these shootings. Chapter 2, verse 3. Wherefore, I also said, I will not drive them out from before you. You see that? God had been protecting Israel. But when Israel said, we don't want your commandments, and we don't want your word in our schools, we don't want you around in our families, you just go do your own thing. We got this. We know how to educate our children. Let me tell you our problem. Back in the 60s, we had a little thing called Woodstock where everybody wanted to take their clothes off, 
put beads on, grow long hair, listen to rock and roll music, smoke dope, take pills, have a big time. Well, that same crowd, right, has got a haircut, has shaved, has went to school, put shoes on, and now they're running this country. God said, well, I'm going to get in trouble right there. God said he will allow the enemy to infiltrate and it would be a type of God's judgment. We've lost God's protection on things of the Lord. We've lost God's provision. Stay with me. The Bible says they shall be as thorns in your sides. Because of their sin, there will be cultural consequences. God will not provide for them. God, will you listen to me? God will allow economic, social, moral, and environmental problems to the nation that bucks on God. Look around, wonder what's happening? It's because we've turned our back on God. I believe we're experiencing God's judgment on our land even through our leadership right now. Verse three, their gods shall be a snare to you. They, as a nation, lost God's protection, God's provision, and they lost God's power. There are spiritual consequences. Oh yes, we want to be politically correct. We want to be multicultural. Let's serve other gods. But they lost power with God. There's no power in most worship services anymore. In fact, we've learned how to do it so much with our left hands. Lord, we don't need you in this worship service. We know how to play our guitars. We know how to play our pianos. We know how to lift our voice and sing. Lord, we, know we can have a jiving, jumping good time without you. And they call it service. We've lost the power of God and the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of revival. Verse 15 of this chapter. I've got to move off this point. I spent too long already. I'm going to read one more verse. Verse 15. Whithersoever they went out, the hand of the Lord was against them. You see that? Retribution. God's hand of discipline. Look around their land. I'm seeing things. You're seeing things we have never, ever seen before. I'm talking to adults. Things we have never seen before. The retribution, the retribution of God upon a nation. Verse number nine, chapter three. I'm almost done. I'm, I'm rounding third base. Point number four. There's the repentance of a nation. Verse nine. Now they've been serving this wicked ruler, this pagan king, this, this heathen, this Canaanite Mesopotamian leader for eight years. And man, they are really, really afflicted. Verse 9. When the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. See that? There's the repentance of a nation. They, they have felt the effect of God's retribution his hand of discipline, and now they're sorry for their sin. Now, now, may I just remind you, I want you to think about something. 
my Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Not so, so this is not always just about asking the Lord to forgive your sins and save your soul, shall be saved. But God also says, if you as a nation, you as a church, you as a family, you as an individual, if you'll turn to me in the middle of your dilemma, in the middle of your crisis, if you'll turn to me and say, oh God, I'm so sorry for what both I and my my father's house have done. God, would you forgive us? Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. What got them in this predicament? I'm talking about the people of God with the heritage of the Lord. What got them there? Their rebellion. What will fix it? Their repentance. God bless them. Number five, there's the restoration of a nation. Now, look at verse nine. When they cried out to the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer to the children of Israel who delivered them, even Othniel. Now, I want to say this. You know, America, do you know what God had rather do to this church, to your family, to you as an individual, and to our nation? God had rather forgive you as judge you. He wants to bless America. He wants to bless her and bring her back to himself. That's what he wants. Now, Othniel, his name means the Lion of God. And he stood in faith. And he stood in obedience. And he stood in courage. And the Bible says the Spirit of the Lord was upon him. And he went out and fought against Chushan Rishathayim, the king of Mesopotamia. He was outnumbered. He was outranked. But yet he stood when the Spirit of God was upon him and the Lord moved and he mightily delivered the people away from that wicked king for more than just eight years. For 40 years, they had peace in the land because they turned to the Lord. I'm telling you, we ought to be seeking the reprieve of God. Othniel had a companion to help him. Who was it? Capital S. P-I-R-I-T, the Spirit of the Lord. Othniel experienced the presence of the Lord. He's a conqueror. He's a champion. He stood and God blessed them to get a victory. You know what we need to do? Our forefathers, in 1732, great revival came. And in 1776, we fought the Revolutionary War and God blessed us to win that war. And there were men, 50-some men, signed that Declaration of Independence, they risked everything they had. Many of them were arrested for their stand, but they stood against the greatest empire this world has ever known. And God blessed them and has blessed all their children with freedom and liberty to this day. We need a spiritual awakening part two. And I really believe that right now it's hanging in the balance. It's teetered right now. This thing is teetered. I just sense it. It's teetered. Which way is it going to teeter-totter? Well, preacher, the world's awful big and awful powerful. Have you met my God? 
seen his righteous decorations just in the last month? He can do what no other can do if we'd stand strong for the cause of Christ boldly, unashamedly stand for God in right and God will bless God will protect God will provide God will empower his people once more. Now I wonder are you concerned about our nation's welfare and standing today? Are you concerned about the spirituality and the things that hang and bounce for your church? Are you concerned? Daddy, I'm talking to you. It's not, listen, it's not Father's Day message. Daddy, I'm talking to you. Are you willing to stand and fight for your wife and fight for your children? Mother, I'm asking you, you may be a single mother. Are you willing to fight like a, like a mama bear for your children? And honey, I'm telling you, it'll come when you turn to the Lord. God will bless you like never before. Are you concerned for our state today? Are you concerned where your nation, where your church, where your family's headed? If you are, you need to do what they did in verse 9. You need to get and cry out, to the, get to the altar and cry out to God and say, oh God, I know what you've done for our forefathers. Lord, I sense an awesome moving of the presence of the Holy Spirit at work in the day in which we live. And Lord, I want to get on my knees in the altar. And God, I want to thank you for how you blessed me. And I pray, God, you deliver us as a people. Help us, God. Send us real leadership. Send us men who will stand for the cause of Christ and women who would not deny the Lord and seek your face. God bless us with power. God, move on us one more time. Send us a time of rejuvenation, a time of restoration. Send us a time of revival. Oh, God, stir us, I pray. If you would do so today, would you stand to your feet and make your way this old-fashioned altar? You may be young, you may be old, but I, I pray that somebody would get on their face before God and tell God, I'm crying out for my children. I'm crying out for my grandchildren. Lord, would you give us a land that would stand for Christ? God, would you help us? Would you give us a reprieve, Lord? Forgive us, God. Oh, God, would you forgive us, God, of how we've sinned against you? How we failed you, Lord. How we've just decided to let the world rule and the world dictate. And God, when you had empowered us, we cowered down in fear. God, there's a time to stand. For any nation, there's a time to stand. And Lord, I pray you'd give us a return of the righteous exaltation of a nation, God. Would you help us, Lord? Would you bless God? Would you pull wickedness down and help us, God, to have a backbone to stand for the cause of Christ and the things of God? Would you restore prayer, God, in the home? Prayer, God, in our government? Prayer, God, back in our schools? Help us, God, to have the power of God once more. God, would you send a people that's concerned, a people that's burdened, a people like Othiel, that's courageous, a people, God, that looks to the Spirit of God, a people that can conquer, a people that can champion. And Lord, we'll not even have to fight the battle. The Bible says the battle is the Lord's. God, you're just looking for a people 
that'll bow and stand before God. Father, I ask you, Lord, would you help us? God, we've seen so many broke, so much brokenness, broken homes, alcoholism, dope. God, the world turning us to false gods and their sinful practices. God, the influence they have is powerful. Yes, but God, the Spirit of God is greater. Help us, God, I pray, to have victory and freedom and liberty in the Lord Jesus Christ. God, would you deliver us from the judgment that's fallen upon our nation. We are sorry, God. We repent, God, in sackcloth and ashes, God. Would you forgive us and help us, God? Bless our people, Lord, I pray. Restore this generation, Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray. Woo! Amen and amen. Help us, God. Woo! Lord of God. 